Welcome to the RS Technicast, where we bring you the latest in the worlds of computing, technology, science, and everything else in between. During each episode, a group of RS staffers will dig deep into some of the issues that we have covered on the site. We will also talk about some of the other stuff we've been doing when we are not circling the RS Orbiting Headquarters. This week, we are dedicating our show to the internet, uh, which is somewhat a, of a general topic, but we have a point, trust me. I am <laughs> um, your host, Senior Apple Editor, Jackie Chang, and on this week's show, we have our open source editor, Ryan Paul. Hello. Microsoft Editor, Peter Bright. Good evening. Social Editor, Cesar Torres. Good afternoon. And Ars Contributor, Casey Johnston. Hello. So we are um, we are talking about this topic that we didn't actually cover, but um, Paul Miller, who writes for The Verge, he recently uh, wrote a post, and everyone's talking about it, about how he is leaving the internet for a year. And so, um, I mean, you can – we'll include this link in the show notes if you want to catch up on it. But the general idea is that he, you know, he, like all of us, have has kind of integrated his entire life into the internet. And so he's kind of going to try this experiment where he is completely disconnected from the internet for an entire year, but still trying to live his normal life. So he's still going to try and cover things, I guess. And, um, you know, go through his life, you know, socialize, still do all the things he normally does, but without, uh, at least not directly connecting to the internet. Um, and we thought this would be an interesting topic because everyone, including those of us at ours has been talking about whether this is a gimmick or whether it's really possible, what the internet means to us. And, um, we kind of, felt like we could talk about this a little bit with the internet means to us, those of us on this podcast, and how we feel about um, projects like this and kind of what it means. In terms of in terms of leaving the internet for a year, I think the most important part of the internet for me is kind of an abstract concept. It's not, it's not necessarily search or anything like that, but it's more like the connection to all these people at once. Um, you know, I got on the internet at a very young age in the early 90s when I was like in grade school. And so uh, admittedly, that was kind of a dangerous time for kids to be on, on the internet, especially young girls. But I, uh, you know, I've always been drawn to that idea of being able to communicate with people from all over the world. And that is still something that is part of my life today in my 30s. And it's it's a huge part of what plays into my work, too. I thought I thought that was going to be the thing that I was going to say too, like the social sort of the people that I've connected with over the internet, especially over the last uh, couple of years since I started working for ours. But then I was just like, I think I could live without that. It's been good, and I I love you all dearly. But um, I think I really think that my my thing is just like the the access to information. It's that that's like the thing that drew me to the internet and that's the thing that will keep me there long after I stop working for it long after all of my friends hate me that'll just be like like reading things being able to look things up and read about them on the internet like as soon as I hear about them that's like that's what brings me to the internet and keeps me there forever and it's in its sort of vice grip Casey what was your entry point into the internet um let's see uh, probably we started using AOL in my family when I was probably 
I'm going to say 10, 9 or 10. So just like, I don't know, whatever, whatever AOL offered on that, on that like little start screen and then like chat rooms. And uh, obviously when I first started out, I didn't really have any friends to talk to because nobody had, people didn't just have instant message back then. Um, but yeah, AOL, those, those thousand hour discs was my gateway. I loved AOL discs, by the way. I know this is not exactly on topic, but I used to hoard them, uh, the the floppies originally, when they sent them to your house and stuff, and then just reformat them and use them for my own stuff. So that was a that was an awesome thing to do back then. AOL. Well, that's clever. <laughs> I used the AOL CDs as coasters. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to do that. I wonder if they'll ever be worth anything. Those discs, probably not. Probably. Vintage AOL CDs. <laughs> yes. It might just because they were so notorious. They're like they were every, they were constantly sending them to you, even if you were a subscriber already. I mean, they would show up at your house like once just a month. Con- yeah. yeah, that yeah. was like a major. I mean, it was annoying, but it was a major cultural touchstone. It, like I can't think of anything off the top of my head that annoyed the crap out of people at their homes yeah, in the past as much as remark- that did. And but the remarkable it is that nobody will have any because they will have gone straight into the bin. Yeah, yeah, unless it's unless not people. Of the release, but it, yeah, so they they will be real collector's items, I think. Yeah, true. Well, I think they're really important because it's part of my question. You know, what what was how did you begin to start using the the internet? And I'm a bit of a dinosaur on this particular show, <laughs> and it's going to show because uh, at my university <clears throat> when I was a freshman, uh, email was like brand new, but you couldn't access it from your computer readily eventually you could of course but uh, you had to go to the library and they had these uh, crt terminals like just black and orange and you could tell that to other computers and and ping and finger people at other universities and and just do basic emailing or uh join um like user groups and I remember trying that out because it, it was so novel. I was like, this, this seems pretty cool, but I didn't have anybody to communicate with at first. I thought my, my first impulse was to find people at other universities that I had gone to high school with. And I think for me, the, the user groups actually was maybe the real entry point. Uh, I'm really into music, and I found a lot of people who cared about similar music uh, through those, but it was this was way before you know the AOL explosion and all of that stuff. And I, I used it quite a bit uh, starting freshman year, but it it took a while. And I, I now looking back, I'm like, is it is that the most important thing for me? The the ability to connect with people. I'm I'm going to come back to this, but I I'm not really sure that that's exactly what's been the most amazing thing for me about the internet but uh, i think it is kind of neat i'd like to hear from peter and ryan as well like how you started using the the, this particular technology uh years ago my uh first introduction to the internet and also to open source software as it happens um was uh with uh what are called multi-user dungeons they're basically like text-based Dungeons and Dragons games you'd tell that into the server and then all of these people would be online and it was kind of like um like uh, the computer would kind of coordinate the, uh, the interaction it was like like an MMO from the the text-based gaming days um, and I found that there were um, these open source code bases 
on the internet where people had basically published systems, entire systems for implementing these. And I could take an, an existing gaming platform and basically start my own game with my own, you know, my own little world that all my friends could connect to by using this existing source code. And that to me was like, I think when I really finally understood what the internet was all about, um, just the ability to interact and collaborate with all of these other developers who I'd never met before, um, to repurpose their code and make contributions of my own, and then build like an interactive experience that my friends could participate in. How old were you at this time? I don't know, like 11 or 12. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Back then, uh, when I was at the university, I had a lot of friends who were playing those. Uh, and they were really into it, but they, they actually intimidated me a little bit. It felt like uh, the actual game of Dungeons and Dragons when I was in high school. Like that, there was a an intensity about that community that I I didn't feel I was part of. But I have a lot of friends who lost a lot of sleep to, to those <laughs> games, uh, and they looked really cool because they, if I remember correctly, they there was a lot of text. So there were all these commands, and you could sort of do things with your characters, um, and they looked fun. But I. I was more worried about like music. I wanted to find other people who were listening to, you know, the same bands that I was. So that's cool. How about Peter? Yeah, I I I've always been a bit scared of people like Ryan, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, you know, I I'm I'm kind of nerdy, but all those sort of um both the the IRL role playing games and and the internet and the, the network based ones have always struck me as just a bridge too far. Um, I let me think. Well, how ooh, the internet? Yes, uh, I think it was would have been in probably nineteen ninety four at school. Um, we had Pine for email. I still like Pine. Still yeah. a good email. Right? Uh, I think everyone had Pine. I think everyone has a secret love affair for Pine, um, except for RMS because of its license. Um, and I... Let me think. Yes. So I, I got into trouble because I... Um, this was this was back in the days where um, people didn't use shadow passwords on their, on their Linux systems. Maybe they had, didn't even have the code to do it. So I... Uh, I grabbed the password file from our central Linux server and ran John the Ripper to crack it so that I could, because uh, our, our user accounts were very limited. We could do email and a few other things, but I, I wanted one of the one of the better accounts so that I could uh, actually run a shell of my own and, and, and do interesting things on the internet. Um, I... I, I feigned ignorance and said, oh, I didn't mean to, to get that file. I was just looking around, um, but cracked a load of people's accounts, which was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that that was, it was really emailing that was the, the first sort of thing I did. Um, and then quite a lot of trolling on Usenet and trolling on IRC. And this this later evolved into um, trolling on uh, message boards, which later evolved into um, being a journalist. Apparently, <laughs> how that yeah, works. I was going to say involved more trolling on IRC. A so. natural yeah. evolution. Well, yes, you know, Wait, I have a question. A so troll evolution. You said that you started with all this email. Who are you emailing? Um, 
Yeah, that's a good question. Probably people at school because it it was it was a boarding school, so we we're all in our little boarding houses. So, um, the the boarding houses all all had different rules, but like some some people weren't out, allowed out of their boarding house after nine in the evening. So we would do um, emailing and and um, some of the console based uh, chatting programs. Also, I would do catting binary files to other people's terminals. Um, which is awesome, as Ryan can probably explain. Um, this is in the in the good old days of things not being very secure. Um, so yeah, talking talking to other people at school, that kind of thing. So I guess if we were to talk about how things have changed today, what do you consider to be the most important part of the internet to you now? Still communication, I think. Um, you know, it, it's changed, but it's a bit fancier than it was back then. Um, but for me, I I, um, I love Twitter. I I like Facebook quite a lot. Um, you know, I, I use instant messaging all day long. Um, and you know, Skype and mes- Windows Messenger and uh, Google Talk. I use use pretty much all of them except ICQ strangely enough um, that's that's the big thing Funnily, uh, email itself is, is less important it's, e- email is for sort of serious communications it's it's something that I know the the youth of today have decided that email is just for for work and for grown-ups um, if, if you want to just chat to someone you'll use Facebook chat or something like that or BlackBerry Messenger. Um, but Nobody it, it, uses it, BlackBerry Messenger anymore. No. Lo- oh, Casey, no. Loads of people use BlackBerry Messenger. It's, it's, Casey? What do you think it's, it's, it's still, it's, it's still, it's, it's totally not dead. It's still tremendously useful. Like the, um, the London riots last year were apparently widely coordinated by people oh, yeah, using, that, but using BlackBerry mean, Messenger. Come on. I mean, well, if somebody else buys the technology, it has some hope of continuing, but uh, as it is... Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yikes. It's, it's, still a, it's still a big thing. People like it. It's, it's, got, it's kind of... Uh, it's, it's got a kind of... Um, what's, the, what's the word? It, Although, although loads of people use it, it still it still seems to have a kind of sense of um, being a bit special. I think that, you know it, 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 because it's its own sealed ecosystem. Um, so I, th- I think people are still quite protective of their their BBM. Ir- irrespective of whether or not Rim weathers the storm, there are still other services like BBM that are that are still popular. You know whether it's it's Apple's clone or or a third party like whatsapp or whatever you know there are always going to be services like this i think oh yeah i don't mean i don't mean to denigrate the nature of the service i just mean bbm as a brand is uh in (laughs) trouble so if you were to think about the internet today i mean is it still the communication aspect or or i mean what does it what really does it for you today what can you not live without well i think peter's point was really interesting that for him nothing's changed it's the the ability to communicate that is has been consistently that element that he loves. For me, I think it's actually a little different. And um, the irony is that I'm your social editor, and yet my number one thing that 
is the same as when I started as to now, is actually access to the written word. So I, I, I like images and I love communicating with people, but the internet has sort of opened the whole world with, you know, with beyond like books and um, email, actually more into like every written record, you know, that is digital is somehow accessible or it potentially is. And to me, that's, um, that speaks a lot to how I grew up, how much I like to read. And if I didn't have the internet now, I think I would be really sad because there's so much stuff that I, I have access to through it that um, I don't know how I could go back uh, to paper only. You know, and, and it's not that hard to go to a card catalog and uh, to print things out and fax like it's a little cumbersome. But I think the, the variety of different documents that I could get now, I think it, it, to me it feels richer. Uh, and that includes books, but a bunch of other stuff. So in essence, not, not all that different. And it's kind of the same thing as those user groups, um, Usenet, you know, that I was using when, when I was in school. A lot of it was like song lyrics uh, and things that are written. So uh, those, those are always really important to me. Yeah, I really agree that I just, I've, I've been a reader my entire life. Love, love, love reading. And uh, as much as I do like, hey, um, <laughs> what are you eating this like, spring? Uh, Loser. Reading is nerds. Who reads? Oh, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Peter, boo. Peter. Total boo. <laughs> anyway, let's well, let Casey talk. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, the. Uh, like all of the communication stuff, it's like I'm really glad to have met and communicated with all the people that I have. But at the same time, like the Internet doesn't really fill my like if I'm a sim, it doesn't really fill my social meter, if you will. So it's sort <laughs> of uh, not it does. It's not good for me for that purpose. But for reading, it's it's optimal. And I find that like I can explore so much breadth in the Internet. Like if I try to read books, I end up reading like right now I'm in the middle of like probably seven books because my interests are just like all over the place and I don't want to keep with the same topic for, I don't know, two weeks at a time or however long it takes to read a book. So um, just the, the ability to read in depth about so many different topics is really what, uh, <laughs> no, not Twilight, but... <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm referencing the chat that we have going on the side here peter's just said apropos of nothing twilight i've never read twilight i will never read twilight let me just paint an image here you you've probably seen a kid in your city or your town and you've grown up with a person like this where they're walking home from school and they have a big paperback open and they're crossing the street and walking home several blocks with the book mm. open and you say to yourself, this person's going to die or they will, <laughs> they will get hit by a car. That's me today with but my iPhone. I've, I was that <laughs> kid and it, it's still not any different. It's the iPhone or the, the Kindle, but really just, I need to have written words in front of me all the time. And uh, I, I'm the same as, as Casey. I think that's the richness that I feel uh, the internet has brought me. The, the, the people part, I think I definitely want to talk about that. Like as a group, um, but that, that one's really interesting for me. I think it, it's augmented some relationships, but I, I, I actually think I could live without some of the, <laughs> the, these connections to other people um, that the internet makes possible. 
Well, so I, you know, of course, I, I just said that people and communicating with people it has always been the most important thing to me. And it, and it is. But I, in some ways, I kind of agree. It sort of builds upon something we talked about in the past, which is um, my sort of sort of pessimism in terms of how things are going in the internet now. So in that sense, I kind of agree. If someone were to tell me, you know, this is completely unrealistic, of course, but if someone were to tell me tomorrow, you can no longer just communicate with people on the internet. You only can search stuff and reference materials. I think I could maybe live with that because in some ways I wish that I could go back to a world where I um, communicate communicated with people more directly in terms of like face to face and by phone and stuff like that. Um, I wish that I could do more of that now, but I don't maybe largely because of the internet. Um, and of course I, I do agree that, you know, the, the sheer volume of materials in terms of books, journals, you know, all that stuff online now compared to, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago is huge. And that, of course, helps my job as well, you know, being able to easily search things. And so, I don't know. I mean, uh, the people aspect is its hard for me because I love people. And, and just hanging out with people and talking to people is something that I just love to do. But but I don't know. If, if someone took that away from me tomorrow, I, I, might, I might be able to adapt. If you're a person who is just operating subconsciously and, and you want to be something that goes beyond what you're like every day. <clears throat> the internet allows that. And I think that's like wonderful. Like you, if you want to have a particular body and you want to put that in second life and, and sort of play it out that way, you could do that. If you want to have a Twitter account that makes you sound like an expert in a particular field, you can do that. And I, I, I do not fault anybody for doing that. I think as humans, we're always trying to do that. But, um, I think it doesn't take that long of, you know, of experience in the internet with people on the internet to know that uh, often whatever this they're projecting is really, uh, it can be really different from what they're like in person. And I think I like the experience of, of seeing people in person and they can have those elements, you know, they could be like a, a rock expert or, uh, you know, a scientist sort of element, but you get to see the whole thing, you know, like their body language, their their weird imperfections and online you can kind of craft whatever image you want of yourself uh if you choose so i certainly wouldn't want it to go away but <clears throat> i think uh, you have to take some of the stuff online especially things like facebook or twitter like with a bit of a grain of salt i think that's really true i think i i think you guys can probably tell me whether this is true or not but i think i come across completely differently online than I probably do in person. Like I feel like I'm in person. I'm, I'm just really boring, but online, I, 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 that's probably a factor of why I'm drawn to the internet so much is just like, I think because I'm a writer and I like writing that I can like really sort of make sure what I'm saying is like really it's communicating every, that everything that I want to, whereas in person, I'm kind of, I don't know, just, flailing a little bit more or something like that. I don't know. 
I apparently am a, I mean, what I've been told from all these people, all these other journalists that I, you know, that I'm sort of internet friends with, and then I see them, you know, six times a year at Apple events. Um, I'm told from all these people that I come off like a huge asshole online, and yet I am like amazing and charming in real life. Really? <laughs> so, That's, wow. So, uh, it's funny which, that I, I, this, this, um, uh, yeah, the, the plush bag, um, I scored eight. Eight? Eight? Wow, that's pretty I am, low. Because I am you the never nicest tweet. person. What the hell, Casey? I tweet. No, no, no. I mean, you never, you never tweet like yeah, you never this... broadcast tweet. You like tweet oh, at do, people. Do, do, do so, so whatever you're doing is like directed oh, yeah. at a very specific. I think person, this is true. I, ha- I do have lots of tweet conversations, but I, almost... I also tweet out loud. This kind of highlights the whole this point. Is, this is just a problem just... with Kloosh bag, Peter. It, it can't. It doesn't have good enough AI to detect when you're trolling. Yeah, I think. Yes, <laughs> I think. I think it doesn't understand the the the, the joy of the subtle troll. Well, they also made decisions for that. You know, their their algorithm on like what what they thought was positive or negative about a person, and there is a big gray gray area in what some of that stuff that they put in there, like the use of English, like. All of a sudden, that you know impacts your score. Like, I don't think it's fair to do on Twitter, but well, I, uh, I think it highlights how how people are seen differently on different mediums. Because, for example, I actually I kind of agree that Peter's at least specifically Twitter. If you're going to look at Twitter, Peter comes off uh, very different than I feel that he actually is, and that's probably true for all of us, I suppose. But, uh, really? So what's what's my Twitter like? Am I am I an angry tweeter? Or? No, I think you're a lot more um, nuanced and a lot more normal, actually. Whereas apparently, <laughs> whereas apparently, I come off like I'm just like swearing in every single post and I'm pissed off all the time. I guess I I but, don't think that's true. I feel like yeah. I feel like you you online and you in person to me are like pretty. I mean, you're, you're, ang- you're you're angry in real life as well, Jackie. <laughs> That's what I I also think that, but I guess <laughs> I think that's maybe because you're a little closer to me than than other people. Because I don't know, other people seem to think that I'm totally different. But um, see, anyway, the, anyway, the thing the the reason I I, I think see, okay, I mean, I hear you guys. You want to use the internet as a as a big as a big library or a big encyclopedia, <laughs> and, and that's cool. It's cool. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna diss you for that, but. It's kind of I, I don't think it's transformational in the same way because Casey, mm. you could be just sitting in the library all day reading your seven books. You know, it, it would it would amount to much the same thing. The selection and the convenience wouldn't be quite there. But you you know, if you wanna if you wanna sit there with all your friends in the library, that's cool. You you could do that. The communication stuff is is kind of different. I, you know, I there's no. <sighs> if you stand on on the corner of the street and shout out to passersby. They think you're a lunatic, but if you do it on on Twitter, then you can get a clout of eighty and be like a, a living god. That that's it's a transformational difference. It's not. It's just it turns it into something new, and that, that's why I, th- I think that the communication side is just it's so much more special and 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 has no real IRL analog. Well, uh, d- does anybody experience this where? <clears throat> You know, as you see your uh, readership grow on the site, but then you have Twitter accounts where people start following you. It's like this uh, news bulletin comes to you where, where all of a sudden you realize that if a lot of people are, are listening to what you have to say, um, 
you discover something you didn't know about how you how you sound just like you you know Casey and Jackie mentioned like that 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 to me I, th- I think a lot of people aren't ready for that and that includes like maybe us here you know on the podcast like what you're getting back from people who who respond to it I think you're right Peter it's it is transformational but um I don't is that something people really want I I certainly think it's a useful I mean I, I don't know if people necessarily want to be transformational. Some people do, of course. Some people want to represent themselves a certain way that they think is different than how they are. Oh, it's not, it's not, it's not just that they're like, um, things like Facebook stalking. Um, people love doing that. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, love I, that. I was watching, uh, um, <laughs> one of the, um, Jenna Marbles videos about, um, Facebook stalking and, and, and creeps on the internet. And she makes a really good point. We're all creeps on the internet. Cause, you know, but, okay, there, there are probably a few people who are exceptions, but there is this great interest in just what other people are doing. And why do people follow these celebrities on Twitter? Because they just want to know what they're doing. Um, it's and 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 with things like Facebook and that kind of thing, we can we can find out about uh, that person I went to school with has gone to prison. Yes, um, <laughs> you know, it it, it, it just gives us this 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 whole kind of rich connectivity and and i i i think it's i think it's i think it's good i i like it i uh, i i think it's um really different but i i i'm i'm a big fan because i i think people have this natural sort of innate curiosity about other people and what they're doing and what's going on and i and i think it lets them sort of particularly on something like twitter it it, it lets them take advantage of that and actually i think quite a harmless way for the most part yeah that's definitely true about twitter that it it kind of lowers the the um the wall between personal and professional life so you have all these professional contacts who you're following and you get to hear like about the things they're doing like what movies they like and you know Mm. what what thing they're proud of that their child did this week you know (laughs) i mean stuff like that it's just like a completely different perspective that kind of humanizes people i i I mean i do agree with that i think that Especially with Twitter and and somewhat to the same degree with Facebook and Google Plus, is that you do blur the lines with professional and personal. At least for people like us, I, I feel like that's very useful because, you know, part of the whole idea of networking for your job, for you know, sources and contacts, and even for other jobs when you want to move on or whatever. I mean, it is kind of useful when you have built up a semi-personal relationship with someone, even if it is only over Twitter or, you know, anything really. <laughs> any any network that is similar to Twitter. Um, I mean, it, it is... That part of it, I think, is very useful because, for example... You know, I'm I'm friends with a lot of journalists who are who don't live in Chicago, and I live in Chicago, and I do see them occasionally in real life when I go to events. But, you know, we can maintain sort of casual contact without sending formal emails. You know, to to be like, well, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? You know, you can kind of just tweet around and and have you know a loose relationship with someone, which which does benefit you in the long run. And there is something amazing about that too, where location based. Um, interactions become pretty amazing. Like, I mean, we've we've had Twitter for a few years, but when you first start using it, and you, maybe you do have a contact that happens to be at the same place you are, that that's kind of the first times you are able to access that and say, like, let's meet up, you know, in five minutes. Like, that's 
something that just wasn't really possible before, uh, especially if you didn't know the person. This think, this bridges the you know your your access yeah. to, to strangers essentially. I think the local stuff is definitely what what I consider to be one of the most interesting parts of kind of the modern internet. A lot of you know very localized services and you know locations apps and whatnot, things that let you find people near you and talk to people near you. I think that's one of my favorite parts because, um, for example, I read every block every day. And if you're not familiar with every block, it's kind of a way to, it's sort of like a forum message board type thing for your neighborhood. And, um, I mean, that kind of thing I think is really cool because it does give you a lot more info than maybe you didn't even have that is very relevant to you. It's relevant to where you live, like where you walk every day, the places that you go. Um, so in that sense, that is, I think the, that part of the modern internet is like really cool to me. If I, could, if I could jump in, I think the one part of the internet that's indispensable to me is is um, like the opportunity for collaboration. And um, I was I was talking to Cesar about this the other day. I think that software development, in particular, has been completely transformed by um, the the potential for internet collaboration. You know, particularly if you look at modern distributed version control systems and and the way that the whole development workflow has been kind of reimagined just to take advantage of you know the the richness of the internet medium. You know, sites like GitHub and Launchpad and all of that. You know, I mean. When you start a programming project today, it's like you're not like working in a vacuum. You can go out and see what code other people have released, and you you always have things to start with, like a much richer base to start on. And you can find people who you can work with, and um, you know whether it's open source development or not. I mean, you can still leverage a lot of existing stuff out there, um, you know, to build great software and um, like to be able to work with a, a widely distributed team or or um, you know to be able to have like the the, the flexibility um, to do these kinds of things, I just I just think it's really compelling, and you know I think that that this is one of those things where you, you can't you can't like put it back in the box, you know I think that now that we have this kind of software development that you know things are never going to go back that we can't really give up the internet for software development so that to me that's like the the, the place in my life where i see it as being the most indispensable and it, you know it goes beyond the co- collaboration it's not just not just distributed version control there are also so many resources out there to be able to have public bug trackers and um reference documentation that's annotated or you know wikis where where people put information about um you know, like bugs and other details and stuff like that, you know, where you might be, you know, working really hard to figure something out and somebody else has already figured it out, you know, stack overflow, all of these kinds of things. Um, I think that that's really, really powerful. I was going to say, I just, I just think it's safe to say that Paul Miller is not going to be developing any innovative uh, software <laughs> while he is gone. It's just not going to, I mean, I think, I think what you said is really true. It's like it, that kind of stuff moves at such a fast pace and it's so helped along by the internet that it really couldn't exist with it in the same state or at the same level of progress without it. Well, and one thing I, I want to mention about this, I, I don't think I need to go into a lot of detail about that particular experiment that he's going through, but I, I, I will say we've gone this far with the internet. It's so integrated into a lot of the world, not, not every single corner. Um, to remove yourself from it in such an extreme way is, of course, interesting, but I think in many ways the danger is that it leaves you it renders you invisible. 
so you really people stop inviting you to collaborate on things or to communicate with them because you're not in those channels. And I've seen this happen with people who, you know, take vacations from Facebook or whatever, like they, they just, they're not getting the party invites or, you know, communication about, you know, family events. Uh, so that, that is fascinating to me. The fact that you sort of fade away a little bit if you're not on the internet. Um, right. and I don't know if or it's good it, or not. It, it'd be like, like, um, it's like not having a mobile phone. Yeah. And so yeah. people can no longer text you and, and just call you up whenever and, and that kind of thing. Because people won't make the concession. I, I, I think we've, we've talked about it on private podcasts before. Um, people don't make plans. People, <laughs> people don't make plans. Well, the, the ones that didn't go out. People oh, don't make plans yes. <laughs> anymore because they, they assume the ability to make ad hoc plans when they're out and about because everyone's yeah. got a mobile phone and you can just send a text message or call someone and say, hey, where are you? I said, oh, yeah, we're at this bar. Um, if you've just got a landline at home and have to know all the plans before you leave the house, people, I don't think, will really make make the concessions because it changes the complete way that you, you meet up and you socialize. Um, and, like, if, if you're late, then it's like, well, where the hell is he? And, and, I, and I think, you know, it, it, it'll, I, I don't think it's there yet, but I think a similar sort of thing will happen with Facebook. You know, if I can no longer invite people to a Facebook event, they don't exist. And, and Yeah, I have and, to agree. Uh, once it gets to a certain kind of critical mass, there's a, um, once the automatic assumption is you can invite people to a Facebook event... I think it's going to be actually quite difficult to not be a part of Facebook because I think people will be quite reluctant to say, well, we've got all these people invited on Facebook, but then so-and-so needs us to like send him a, a telegram or, or whatever archaic <laughs> method of communication he's using. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think it would be quite easy, but, you know, particularly if you, <laughs> if you socialize with a crowd Sorry. of people, this stuff a lot, you know, I think it would be quite easy to get left behind. I, I happen to think that, that Paul Miller is... Um, it, it's a pity we're not on a uh, seven-second delay here because I can't really say what I what I really think, but I think he's crazy. And I... I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, on some level, even if it's crazy, you have to admire the courage of trying to do it. Well, <laughs> I, no, there's no courage in trying to do it because if he fails, so what? Everyone's expecting him to fail anyway. It's It's no... <laughs> There's no well, downside to failure here. But it depends how we define failure. I mean, he could have some deep insight into enjoying the world or his job uh, that, that we don't know about. But it could still uh, be a failure for the actual day-to-day uh, -day work life. I mean, he may just be like, this is impossible. Well, uh, I, I kind of feel like that if... I guess for me personally, if I were to embark on a similar project, I wouldn't so much just stop at cutting off the internet for a year. I mean, I would basically have to change my whole lifestyle. Yeah. And I would want to do that, of course, if I were going to do that. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't do what he's doing in terms of trying to live like he lives now, but without the internet. I mean, I kind of at least have come to terms with the fact that my life is extremely integrated with the internet. So if I'm going to be without the internet, I may as well just change everything. I may as well, you know, move out to Kansas and have a farm for a year or something, which I do love and I do want to do. <laughs> but, you know, if, if I'm going to go without the internet, I may as well go crazy and, you know, do something right. wild. You know, I'm not going to try so, and so, write so, for so ours. What do, you, 
not even yeah that's that's it you know, he he wants to be doing the same job as a as a technology writer i can't even yeah i, I can't even imagine that. how that's going to work it's just i think that element to it is what makes it crazy to me i think it's a little bit ridiculous because of that but but i don't uh, know I, you know but I, I guess agree. that's what makes it a challenge because if it was yes i'm going to um get rid of all my internet connections and go and be amish somewhere that would actually, I think, be easier, because yeah, because his his challenge is to to maintain those internet ties without using the internet. See, the, you know, the way that I that I feel about it, it's like we're we're sitting here talking about it. So, I mean, it's obviously a compelling experiment on some level. So, I mean, even if none of us would consider doing it or doing it the way that he's doing it, you know, I think it's still important to acknowledge that it's it's a significant undertaking in in some way. I feel like it's sort of a, while I, like Jackie, I feel like it would be, it would be really refreshing in some way to, to remove myself from the internet and like, even many parts of technology, like having a cell phone and stuff. It's like, you can't, you can't eschew the internet in a world that has the internet, where the internet is a thing that the, that like everyone around you does. To be a person not interneting is just what makes it like sort of a weird half-baked intellectual exercise rather than like a valid pursuit or something. And I mean, he says he's not even going to do text messages as well. He'll have a, a oh. dumb phone. Well, and I, I think that's what I think leaves me wondering about this is there's, it's completely framed as an experiment to, to remove yourself from the internet. But I think we, we are probably in a, a point right now, early 21st century where the, the internet actually means people like people of the world so he's essentially saying mm. like i want to remove myself from the people of the world to a large extent because the internet connects that and i think that's that's where if i was to conduct this experiment i would talk about it more on those terms like i'm going to remove myself from society at this sort of very deep level and let's see what happens because yeah. i don't think it's not just it's, the, the net it's the you know the people it, it's sort of like saying from now on i'm gonna drive a tractor instead of a car which is just going to be like, I don't know, it, you're, you're just like creating difficulty for yourself that you don't need to. You're isolating yourself in a way from everybody that's just not, like, if you, if you were to say, I'm going to return to a tractor society, like, I'm going to go to a place where people actually use tractors and I'm going to use a tractor, that would be, that would return a valid sort of finding. If I'm going to, if I'm going to go that route and and disable myself in some way, then I may as well go all the way. But but I do acknowledge what Ryan was saying is that, you know, it is an interesting thing to think about. If, you know, that is why we are here talking about this. Um, I just don't, I, I, it's just hard to one, it's hard to think about what kinds of conclusions will come from it because, because it's not just one person going offline. I mean, the whole rest of the world is online. So it's not so much going back to a world where there was no internet. It's truly just you isolating yourself from the world that is on the internet. Um, so I, I don't know. That's the part of it that kind of throws me for a loop. Well, I think that this is there's an interesting parallel here with uh, the food movement, where you know we ha- we're having some problems with the industrialized food system, where it's it's really good at being big, and you know it's some people argue it's damaging to your health, etc. So the the other reaction is to go back to the way that we were as tribes or uh, earlier people and to eat more local, right? So whatever came from 
the near distance, like that you farm that and that's what you eat. And while some would argue that that, that that's actually healthy, and I, I do agree, I think it's it's healthier food. We 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 can't. We live in a a world that's so super connected. It's not realistic to think that I could just eat local produce for the rest of my life or for a year even, and, and to not. Um, you know, sort of really distance myself from like a lot of the things that uh, are enjoyable, but also connect me to other people. Um, so I, I don't know. I, to me, this feels very similar to that. Like, is is the 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 motivation behind it to sort of say like it was better in the old days before we had the internet? Like, I'm still not really clear. And is is that supposed to help people in some way or to help Paul Miller? I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's what he says. It, it's all kind of vague. He he wants to be a better, a better Paul Miller. He thinks that have, having the, the extra time and the getting rid of all the distractions of of tweets and comments and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing will make it will make him a, a better person. Um, I have I, a question that I'd like to ask everyone along those lines. <laughs> if uh, if I could jump in here. Um, you know, I mean, even though we all have like this long list of, of ways that the internet has changed our lives for the better, there's also no question that there's a lot of time waste, like all of the LOL cats and the time spent on Reddit and the stupid stuff. Sure, surely lol cats, isn't it? Right. LOL cats. <laughs> yeah. Oh, LOL so, cats. So the, my question, though, is lol cats. if you did disconnect from the internet, how would you use the extra time that you got back? What would you do with it? And I, I'm kind of curious, like how everybody in this in this group here would answer that. Stare at the wall. <laughs> I would go out more with my friends in real life. I would hang out with them every day. I really try to make a point of not of of not really being on the internet in an active way. Like I might read instapapered articles that I have after work, but once work is over, like for the day, I try not to be on the internet at all. And that usually means just watching a lot of TV, frankly, but I do, I do, I do wish I were out, like, like Jackie said, like out with more people and socializing and stuff. Yeah. It's I just would definitely that, socialize more and probably read more actual books. Uh, but it would be much more difficult to socialize because you wouldn't be able to like tweet at people and <laughs> text them and all that. If you're, if you're oh, up. texting! I don't really consider part of the internet. That's yeah, that's I, not I, fair. I, 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 yeah, I think it is a bit strange. He's got rid of texting as well. I think I would but go then out again, a lot I more because he could he could tweet to Twitter yeah. and things like that. So maybe that's the, the so. I think my answer to the question is that uh, I would probably spend a lot more time on my piano, um, and I would also spend a lot more time reading and writing fiction. And you know, the the reason I ask the question is because when I think about how I would answer it, it's like, you know, I think like my life probably would be better on some level if I could take all of the the stupid stuff from the internet and kind of cut it out, like just just excise all of it and then use that time for more productive things. And it's kind of hard to like separate the good and the bad when you're using the internet. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's coming at you in a pretty fat stream. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. I get like something high quality or I'm reading Instapaper and then friends text me or just send me like pictures of random stuff or I look for it myself. Like, and it, it's one big ball of time that uh, it's all in there. And I, I do think, I'm, I mean, I read a lot, but I do think it's cut into my fiction reading time over the years. And I would like to have some of that back. I've tried. I've tried to just you know, read more, but 
but I still am occasionally drawn back to just looking for like random stuff. Right, exactly. And filling some time. And it's very strange to me. Uh, You know, people who haven't really pushed themselves like into the internet as much as maybe we have, um, they still carry those romantic notions about like, you know, a quiet life spent, you know, reading all the time and and kind of focusing on one or two books for for a period of time. And uh, I, I guess... I'm romantic about it. I, I have that idea as well, but I, I've, I can't make myself go back, <laughs> which is um, a little frightening. And, and I still read a ton, but it's not, I don't read the same way that I used to uh, 20 years ago. Right, because there are all these, I mean, there's the email and the instant messaging and the Twitter, and it just, it tends to, it tends to be intrusive on a certain level where it's like, yeah. you can't just like lose yourself in the story the same way. Yeah, I, yes, I mean, I have to set up my room a certain way in order to read the way I used to. Like, yeah, you have to do a lot more compartmentalization. That's yeah, and it it doesn't feel like a ton of work. It's kind of exciting sometimes to like just stay home on a Friday and like read without interruptions. Uh, but it didn't used to be something I had to think about because I could just have a paperback and sit down and read for two or three hours uninterrupted. I mean that that's what I was used to. Um, not that long ago. Oh, I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually one thing that would happen if the internet didn't exist in my life, I would probably have several degrees by now <laughs> instead of no degrees. Because <laughs> you'd be a true doctor of pizza. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I would have to because I I don't know. Um, you know like I I like programming recreationally, but I couldn't really do that without the internet on on a purely practical level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have to find something else sort of educational in some sense to, to fill my to fill my time. Um, so that, that's, that's how I see it. But I, There's a very interesting <laughs> dynamic here, though, that, that you just mentioned. And there are two different activities that uh, there's some overlap here. Like all of us here write or, or do editorial duties for the site. So the, it, writing is a very solitary activity, no matter how you cut it, you're still by mm. yourself. But some of the programming stuff, though you um, mentioned, you know, you, you, you write it and you sort of work on it. This piece of the internet where you collaborate is so interesting. Like, it, I mean, for us, it's micro, like if your editor's reviewing stuff, but you still are mostly working by yourself. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Uh, it's still, it's still actually, uh, I mean, there's the whole pair, pair programming thing, but, um, uh, I've never, when I was a professional programmer, I never did anything with with uh, um, pair programming, and I certainly don't do it as a as a hobbyist. Um, so, absent that, it's it's a. I think it's a very individual thing. Even if you're working in an office with a bunch of other developers, uh, yeah, I mean, you're still just still, breaking down a bigger project, and everybody's working on their part. Okay. Yeah, and then you merge, it, it, you merge the trees or whatever. Yeah, sure. still, still very solitary, and that that it, you know, I, I think it kind of appeals to a certain mindset, mm-hmm. um, and and it happens to appeal to mine. Um, the whole, you see, the whole. I guess I would probably read more, but I, I find reading terribly expensive. But the library, libraries, <laughs> yeah, libraries. The, the libraries around here are kind of sad and um, under-resourced. Apart, apart from else, because what are they spending money on in libraries? It's like 
CDs and DVDs and internet. And chairs. Cool chairs. Mm. Not, See, not even, e- even where I am, I have a good library. I could make do with our libraries. Does it See, have what internet we need is like, like the, uh, the library planet from Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The, well, the shutters that would kill us. And uh, this is true for music, for music and books. For me personally, before the internet, I never had this assumption that I had access to everything in the world. So when I discovered interesting bands or interesting novelists, it was an interesting um, challenge to go out and find as much as I could from them and pick mm. them up at used shops or you know a special edition of something and i now there's less of a sheen to stuff because most things are cataloged already or indexed and uh i don't feel like related items in amazon and you get everything else yeah but i didn't assume i could uh, consume everything before and the internet at least the way we talk about it now that there's though our brains can't handle it you know you do think like well i have access to everything now that we've highlighted that we're all, yeah, that we're all old and we hate the internet. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, of course, I think this whole episode kind of highlights the ways that we see things now versus how, how things used to be and, and how things would be in this crazy fantasy world where suddenly the internet was gone. But, um, but things are, I mean, things, obviously, the reason things are going so well now in terms of like, our ability to communicate and our ability to look things up is because of the internet. So of course, you know, there are, <laughs> there are obvious upsides. It's just that, um, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine functioning in today's world, you know, not 30 years ago, but today without the conveniences that we currently have. I, uh, I find it hard to imagine functioning at all, but you know, the internet <laughs> makes it, the internet makes it that bit easier. <laughs> Well, on that note, (laughs) I think we're going to wrap up. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Peter and Ryan and Cesar and Casey for participating. And thank you for my cat to, uh, you know, for constantly (laughs) harassing me throughout this entire recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we appreciate everyone listening to the RS Technicast. And we will be back in a couple of weeks. Guys, guys, I have to teach you how to say the place that I live. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, here's how you say it. It is Albany. Albany? Albany. All, Albany. 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 Like, like all with two L's. Oh. Albany. Yeah. Albany? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Albany. 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 I can't Albany. even saying Albany. It just sounds awkward. It's, it's apparently how the rest of the country says it. New Orleans. No, yeah, New Orleans or New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Orleans. Sure we're going to offend all of the uh, listeners who are from there if this yeah, goes the, out. The hate mail is coming in already. Listen, I got a lecture on this once from someone who is from New Orleans. <laughs> and he told me to say it like that. He was like, you got to blend it together. Be like, no, no. And blend it. Did you see the, the new ferret chicken that came out today on the site? Oh yeah, that was oh, great. Yeah, I, I think I think a crocodile would um <laughs> <laughs> would beat would I beat it. Um, I, I think yeah, a crocodile would just bite its head off. <laughs> that, that is the fast. fast enough. The crocodile is fast. so cute, though. I imagine crocodiles are extremely yeah. ponderous. No, because they, no, they can fly, Casey. They, fly. <laughs> <laughs> they feel. I seem. I feel like they would be top heavy. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs>